Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right, I'm Chris Avena with American Outdoor News. Today we are here with Laramie Sasquatch Miller. Laramie, thanks so much for coming on. Man, it's my pleasure. I always love to talk to you. We've been friends for a long time, so. Yeah, hey. haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> you know, COVID kind of put a wrinkle in everything and, and uh, you know, just playing catch up with everybody. Oh, I'm telling you. And then now they're looking like they're trying to bring it back. I don't think that's going to work very well, but hey. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to comply with that. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> now, you, uh, since I last saw you, I know you were in the process of starting, at that time, uh, Last of a Breed, and then you started the trail. Uh, how's everything going with the show? Man, I tell you what. So I had this harebrained idea because I like to put myself through pain, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the trail was kind of a baby of mine there for a while, and I always thought it'd be so cool because you see, you know, you got all these TV shows, you got Alone, you got all this stuff that has been big. And so I'm sitting there, me as like a modern-day mountain man, and I always try to put myself in the early 1800s. Uh-huh. And so I'm like, well, I'm going to take off with a horse and nothing, a horse, a longbow, Knife, hatchet, sleeping bag. Let's go. And, uh, you know, luckily Tim Crimmon thought it was a great idea, and we started it up, and it's been really, I mean, right now, it, this the second season is doing very well. And, uh, yeah, it's been, it's the time of my life, honestly. Now, you're doing more than being yourself. You were yeah, raised well, this way. <laughs> I was I was right this way, but I'll tell you what. What people don't realize is so the first season I lost 37 pounds. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it, and I'm a big guy, so I can afford to lose a little bit, but not 
I mean, 37 pounds is a lot, but you don't realize what it takes when you don't have that mountain house or you don't have that, you know, those potatoes to go to or, you know, some sort of, you have to get yeah. everything yourself. You have to go out there and you, you're cutting wood constantly, especially if it gets cold. That just makes everything five times harder. Sure. Now, and then you throw a horse in the mix and it's, you got to take care of him too. Sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the horse isn't going to be eating the squirrels that you shoot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when there's two foot of snow down, you know, what do you do for your horse? Wow. When the water's frozen over, yeah, you know, like season one, which is already aired and it's on MOTV and everything else. But season one, I had a freak snowstorm come through and it dropped two foot on us. And I was having to literally boil water, melt water down for my horse because the water was all frozen. Wow. And me. And fried food for both of us. It was, uh, that was why I lost 37 pounds. But the second season I did a lot better. I only lost 24. So. <laughs> yeah, but you're you're constant motion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you you're not sitting around in camp. There's always something to do. Well, if you want to survive and you want to actually prosper, like you got you got to keep moving. Now let's take a little bit of a step back here. Your whole family were mountain men. Your grandfather, your father, he passed it down to you. So you were raised out out in the bush. I was very lucky. So, you know, my grandpa, he's a, everybody calls him the modern day John Wayne because he's just one of them old salty cowboys. Bless his heart. He's still alive, but he can't do what he used to anymore. But, you know, he kind of instilled it all in us. And then my uncle started an outfitting business and they, my uncle was known as the mountain rat because he was a survival backcountry, middle of nowhere type of guy. And then my dad used to guide for him. So my, my, that uncle and my mom, her brother and sister, my dad used to guide for him. And so I was raised in the back country. I mean, the first time I went in the back country on my own horse, I was seven years old. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> that's bold. <laughs> been doing it, been doing it for a long time. And you know, there's, there's so many things that can happen back there. And, you know, just all the lessons learned and the hard work. I'm so thankful for that lifestyle growing up. So you're you're a real outdoorsman. Me compared to you, I'm an outdoor enthusiast. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a choice. That that that's my thing is I didn't have a choice. I was yeah. either going to be an out, outdoorsman or nothing. You know, and that's a, growing up. I grew up on a cattle ranch and. You know, we didn't have much money, so we couldn't afford to eat the cows, so we survived off a of wild game. And, yeah. you know, from the time I was just little, I shot my first deer when I was seven. <laughs> um, had to contribute to the family, right? Ex- exactly. We had to eat, right? So, yeah. you know, it's, uh, but I wouldn't change anything. It, it's been an awesome way of growing up. You look at all these kids now today, and you look at the, the way the, world and country and everything, the way everybody thinks, they don't realize how tough it is. You know, that food on their plate, how mm-hmm. hard it is to get it. Sure. You know, everybody thinks you can buy everything. Well, when it comes down to brass tacks, guess what? <laughs> Money ain't going to be 
<laughs> well, it, it well, don't well, mean it turns things around. Yeah, it could help you light a fire. <laughs> well, true. <laughs> exactly. You might have to use it that way sometime here soon. So, how does everything you learned growing up? How does that translate to TV? How did that come about? You know, I, I, it's the old adage, right place at the right time, right? So I, you know, I grew up that way, and then I went the football route, and I played football for quite a few years. Um, got hurt really bad, so that kind of ended my football career because my whole mindset was, you know, I want to be able to pull a bow back and walk when mm-hmm. I'm 40, yeah. which I'm 40 now, so it's like, I'm really glad I did that, but um, so I, I took off, went back into guiding, and uh, I was guiding and helping run an outfitting business, and old Trevor Gowdy sent a, a crew down to film a show with us, an elk hunting show. I got lucky and called this bull in from, I mean, there's no way I should have called him in. He was a mile away. And I just started hammering on the calls. Here he comes. Come right in. They shot him at 35 yards, made great TV. Didn't think nothing of it. Two weeks later, Trevor calls me. And, uh, you know, it's funny. If anybody knows Trevor Gowdy, he's a salesman. I <laughs> <laughs> love the guy to death, but he's a salesman. His first words, he's, you know, he introduced himself, and he's like, Laramie, I have an offer I hope you can't refuse. I said, really, what's that? You know, I'm a 23-year-old kid, don't know anything. And I said, really, what's that? He said, I want you to come take over as my co-host. At that wow. time, it was Quest for the One. And then he said, I really would like to try to get you your own TV show. Wow. You know, I was like, never thought of getting into – my uncles did TV. They did VHS. They sold them in Walmart. They were very successful. They passed away in a plane crash in 1998. Oh, wow. Or 1995. 1995. And uh, so I kind of had an idea about it. And in my mind, I'm like, you know, I want to follow their footsteps. I kind of want to do that. But I never imagined it going where it's gone. And, you know, I owe it all to Trevor for finding me and, you know, kind of, changing my mind to put me there, but yep. right place at the right time. And I got lucky. Called and that bull in from a long ways. <laughs> a lot of hard work, though. Yeah. That's the one thing. You know, being in this industry, I've been in it, what, 17 years now? And you have people all the time. You know, how do I get into hunting? How do I How do I get my own TV show? How do I do this? And you got to have something different. Yeah. And there's no other show like yours. Nothing. No, and that's, you know, that's what I prided myself on is, you know, I'm unique. You you can like it, you can hate it, but I'm different. Yeah. And I'm going to keep being different, and that's just me. Now, being out in the brush or the bush for extended periods of time with just you and, I guess, a cameraman, I mean, anything could happen. In fact, you you had a incident, uh, I I guess it was during – uh, Mountain Man show. Yeah. Yep, that one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's crazy. Anything can happen out there, and I preach to people. I've been handling a gun since I was three years old. And, you know, it was a freak accident. 
blew my finger off, but you know what? It saved my life because my appendix ruptured two days later. Oh, wow. And if I wasn't close to a hospital, it took me 18 hours to get out with a blown-off finger. If it took me 18 hours with a ruptured appendix, I'd have been dead. Yeah, you wouldn't have made it. No way. Nope. You know, you let Lewis and Clark. Lewis and Clark went that whole way from St. Louis all the way to the Oregon coast. They lost one guy. You know what he died of? Ruptured appendix. No kidding. Yep. (laughs) Unbelievable. It Uh, is. So, I mean, you must come across everything while you're out there. I mean, predators, uh, everything. Oh, man. You know, I've had some – when the camera's not rolling, it's some of the best story footage ever. Because I've had so many close encounters, you know, with grizzly bears and wolves. And that's what keeps me going, though. That's what keeps me alive. Because I love that, the thought of, man, it's you against everything. Yeah. Because it is that way out there a lot. And your mindset, you know, you watch alone. You got all these guys, and what 90% of them tap out. They can have all the skills in the world. Mm-hmm. 90% of them tap out because of their mind. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's mental and physical when you're out there. I mean, you can, people, uh, I saw a movie with, um, oh, geez. Uh, there was a plane crash and they were stuck in the forest and uh, uh, they asked you, he said, you know what people die of? They die of shame. Yep. It's crazy. And, you know, I've guided for 20 years and you'll have the best in shape guys and they won't go as hard in the mountains, won't be able to go as much as a guy that you would look at and say, there ain't no way he's going. But he's more mentally tough than that guy that's in phenomenal shape and does CrossFit and everything else. He's more mentally tough, and he goes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's crazy how your mind plays such a factor. Like when I'm back there on the trail, if you start thinking negative at all, you're it's it's a spiral. You're just going to go downhill. Hmm. You know, no. it's. When you're when you're say you're going down the trail, and a grizzly pops out of nowhere, does the grizzly start backing up, saying, "Holy shit, there's Laramie"? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> start backing up, saying, "Holy shit, there's a grizzly." <laughs> what do you do? That is one thing. Well, that's one thing I've been blessed with is your reaction to events like that. The first reaction is everything. You know, if you turn and run and you freak out, You're done. it's going to get bad. Yeah, it's going to get bad. But if you can hold your composure and and you're like a grizzly, they don't necessarily want to fight. Yeah, there's a dominance factor. They don't necessarily want to fight. But if you act like prey at all in any way, shape, or form, their instincts kick in, and guess what? Boom. Done. They're on you. <laughs> now, what do you do for food? Oh. Last year, or the first year of the trail was rough because, you know, it's that time of year. You think of the settlers and the mountain men, and 
they planned for everything because you got a lot of stuff that comes in the spring, a lot of stuff in the like in the summer, you know, your berries and stuff like that, and then the fall, you don't have much forage. Yeah. So you, you're a strictly protein diet. You got to rely on protein. And so with the trail, I've gone in there in the fall, usually October, every year, and it's hard because the forage is you have some mushrooms around, but you're relying on protein. You know, you got fish, you got you're eating squirrels, you're eating snails, you whatever you can get in your body, you need every ounce of protein. And so that's, you know, that's a struggle because you don't have the forage. Yeah. Now, the main things, I would think, is shelter, food, and water. What what do you do for shelter? Do you make a lean-to? Do you just have a pop-up tent? What do you do? See, that's what I'm – I'm lucky from my uncle – so when I was eight years old, he took us out, and he made us make little makeshift shelters for two or three nights. You know, little stuff that you can pop up, going to keep you dry, you know, help you get through the time. So shelter is a huge thing. You know, water, when I'm in the mountains, there's water everywhere. But you got to know where to drink it because you drink the wrong water, and then you're sick, and you're done. Yeah. You know, so if, if – Rule of thumb, if water runs through gravel or moss for 50 yards, it's purified. works just as good as your purification deals that they sell all over the place. Like it's yeah. the same thing. Um, the food side is the hardest. You know, you, you're having to – there's so much work that goes into that that, you know, how much effort is a squirrel worth? You don't have a whole lot there. Yeah, it's not a lot of meat on that thing. Yeah, so you got to pick and choose. Okay, so when am I going to, you know, actually go hunting? Do I have the energy to go hunting right now? You know, what's you, – you have to play that game with yourself. Me, I'm just hard-headed. I want to go hunting all the time, so. <laughs> <laughs> now, what, as far as gear – you know, you're limited what you can carry. I mean, you have uh, your horse, you have a pack horse. There's only so much weight they could carry for extended miles. How, yeah. much, how, how do you pick what you're taking and what is the uh, weight limits? Well, and that's the thing on the trail. So I didn't, I didn't take anything. I mean, because so my horse, I got camera gear, especially season two, season one. I had it set up to where cameramen met me, and it wasn't as strenuous on that end. But season two, I took off, and I had, I mean, half my pack horse was devoted strictly to camera gear. Wow. And so, I mean, I took, I literally had my buckskins. I had a longbow. I did take a uh, Magnum Research revolver because I had an issue last year where I had a whole pack of wolves. There was like 20 wolves coming to camp. Wow. And I could I could see him moving around, but I got a longbow. I can only sling arrows so fast. <laughs> you know, if they want to come yeah. in and get that horse, I'm done. Yep. And there's you know, no so getting out. No. So I didn't take much. I mean, I, I literally, I took, uh, I had my buckskins. I had a couple pairs of socks. 
I've had uh, one change of underwear, and then my knives, my hatchets, and I, you... I did take off. I did take coffee in. It's one All thing right. I won't live without. That's a must. <laughs> yeah. What about uh, all right? So you were in for what? Thirty days, forty-five days, give or take. It was thirty-two days on both trips. What about toilet paper? Nope. <laughs> There's lots of toilet paper out in the woods, buddy. There's lots of things you can use. I'm gonna get down to it. Heck, grab a rock. Go stick your bum in the river. <laughs> can't, can't really wipe with the knife. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> you might get in trouble there. Now, uh, you, you made your buckskins. You made your bow. Mm-hmm. How'd you learn to do that? So, actually, so my grandpa, he's a leather worker. He builds saddles and boots, and he taught me the leather working side, but I wanted to take it to a whole new level, and I wanted to do the brain tanning. I wanted to learn the mountain man stuff. You know, I wanted to be a modern-day mountain man. And so I took it upon myself to learn all that. You know, and over the last 25 years of being in the woods all the time, I've learned it and actually become halfway decent. (laughs) Well, you know, you've taken it on many adventures, so they last. Yeah. You're doing it right. Now, what was the most compromising position you've been in, aside from shooting off your finger, uh, on on the show? That may well, on the show. Have... On the show, you didn't get to see it, but I went across the rock slide with my horses. That was one of the sketchiest things. There was, I mean, the trail system back there is just horrible. There's no trails left, so you're bushwhacking, and I hit a rock slide and. You know, I had horses sliding, and I, I thought I was going to have a huge wreck, and luckily I didn't. That was probably the most harebrained, like, scary experience I had. But, man, over the years, I, mean, I I rode up on a grizzly bear with two cubs one time that charged my horse, and all I could think, I just kicked my horse. Like, let's go. I don't want you to think. Just go. You're bigger yeah. than he is. And uh, luckily, the mama bear ran off the trail. Um, that one was <laughs> could have ended real bad. I've had a couple of horse wrecks that, you know, a couple of the horses didn't make it out and, you know, nasty stuff in the mountains. But I look back, I couldn't name just one. I've had a lot of different just oh man moments, oh shit moments that you're like, ooh, I don't know how I made it out of that, but I did. <laughs> Someone's looking out for you. Uh, I know it. The man upstairs, he must like me for some reason. Now, you um, have uh, a new project that you're working on. Mm-hmm. That, that is a tough, uh, an outdoorsman, tough man competition. Uh, what, tell me about that. Yeah, so, you know, you look and you've got all these competitions nowadays, these hunting competitions, and they're all phased around smaller guys that can run for days. You know, I'll go days in the mountains. I'll go hike with the best of them. But I'm not going to run. That's not me. Yeah. I mean, I'm 6'6", 275 pounds. I'm not going to run. But when you need a 350-pound bear packed out or you need to throw a moose quarter in a pack box and you're by yourself, 
so that was my my thought process on this competition. So I got former NFL player Derek Wolf, and we're going to go test ourselves. You know, we're both we're about the same size. You know, both have that football background, and you know, we're hardcore mountain hunters. So let's go see. It's going to be like the strongman of outdoor competitions. So you go and you have to lift 300 pounds and carry it 200 yards up the hill. You have to, you know, shoulder press this massive amount of weight and do all these things. But at the end of it, you have to go shoot a bow or you have to, you know, go throw a knife or a hatchet. You know, so it's going to be, it's going to be really cool. Um, but it's, it's geared more towards the strong men of the outdoors. Not the guys that can run for days, the strong men of the outdoors. So is it just going to be the two of you? They're going to be a bunch of entries. Well, so my, my goal is to have it go on for a while. It's just going to be me and him to start. Um, but then I would, I would like to transition it into, you know, then we have teams the next year and, you know, go from there, but we'll see. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, you look in the outdoor block, you know, Derek and I are probably the two biggest athletes for big guys. And so that's why I chose him because, you know, Trent Cole's another guy. He's a, I mean, he played in the NFL for a long time. Big guy. That's a big guy, big um, outdoorsman. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, Derek and I are both, we're both 6'6". He's a little heavier than I am, but. You know, guys like that shouldn't be able to do what we do in the woods. And yeah. that's what I want to kind of portray is just because you're a big guy doesn't mean you can't go do what all these other guys do. There's a, a lot of NFL players that are outdoorsmen, but it doesn't mean they're, you know, diehard outdoorsmen. Bo Jackson, big outdoorsman. Uh, yep. Justin Tuck, huge outdoorsman. Uh, yep. Does it does it mean they have the wherewithal to get it done? Well, and that's the thing, you know, and it, it, it comes down to that mentality again because it's going to be a tough competition. I mean, physically it's going to be draining and lifting really heavy stuff and still having to concentrate to make that shot at the end of it. You know, it's going to be hard, really hard. And so it, it's going to be fun. I'm excited. I love to push myself any way I can. Is that on the calendar for 2023 or 24? It is 2023. Later this year, there'll be more information come out. Um, but yeah, it's on the calendar. 